Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. I'm very happy to have this guest today. He is not just a personal friend of mine, somebody who actually admits to liking me, which is rare. He is a man of many talents. He's been a television writer and a producer, a musician, a radio host, a film and music video director. He's the former owner of Kung Fu Records, which I think was when I first met him. And he's known for his work in such shows as Ancient Aliens, True Nightmares, The Curse of Oak Island. He's also a lawyer, but the worst thing about him is he plays bass. Anyway, he's the original member of the legendary punk rock band, The Vandals, whom I would hope, if you're a fan of me or mine, you would be a fan of The Vandals. He currently hosts the Joe Escalante Live from Hollywood radio program in L.A. on iHeartMedia's KEIBAM 1150. KEIBAM 1150. Joining me now is Joe Escalante. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm good, Greg. Life is good in California. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Did you feel the earthquakes? I, uh, the earthquakes were awesome, mm. you know, super fun. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, no one – seems like no one got hurt, so ne- then they're all fun. A lot of stuff falls off of shelves. Right. Yeah, because like, the thing is, it's like you can't say it's fun if there's fatalities. I don't think there was a fatality. No. Uh, but there, what, did they find somebody – I thought they might have found somebody crushed under a car, but I'm not sure. I'll look that up. But I was in the uh, – oh God, what was the one in 1989? Loma Prieta? Loma Prieta? That was scary as F. Uh, I was with my mom. We were watching the World Series because the oh, A's yeah. and the Giants were playing together. And my mom and I were so excited because I'm an A's fan. My mom's a Giants fan. And we were watching it. And then all hell broke loose during the – during the um. National anthem, I believe, might have been during were, the. Na- were you at the place, or you were? Just no, I was watching. Your, uh, I was in San Mateo, California, watching it, and that's kind of where I, I guess the epicenter was. Kind of close to San Mateo, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but it was on the peninsula. But anyway, and this mirror fell. Everything fell, and I remember I uh, got on a bicycle and rode around the neighborhood, which is strange, being somebody who was in my twenties to ride around the neighborhood <laughs> on your bicycles. Like, uh, uh, what is wrong with me? Anyway, we have div- we have uh, gone off on the deep end here. You have had so many different careers. Um, I don't even know where to start with you, other than what is a typical day like for you? As you're in the Vandals, so you're touring, but you're also a lawyer. I think you were a judge once, right? Well, here I was, sort of. All those things. The Vandals is is a is a it's I guess you would call it like a heritage act. Yeah. <laughs> You're that old. You yeah, play. You really play cruises. You are on we cruises. Play, yeah. We play cruise ships, uh, but mainly it's the the business now is we kept the band together. It's the same guys for over thirty years. Yeah. We do not. We do not tour, so it's not a real, uh, you know, 
full-time job. It was between 96 uh, and 2006. It was it that's the heyday of this kind of warp tour pop punky yeah. uh, skate rock and that was the heyday and it was and at that time it was a it was a business. Yes. And I left I left my job at CBS to go do it where mm-hmm. I was I was a business affairs executive. But after that since 96 we've gone back to our lives and we uh you know just play shows you have a great agent and the same agent we've always had. Right. And the phone rings and you go play these shows and they're okay. But in the last five years, it has exploded mm-hmm. with you know money and 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 fun with these festivals that are you know one week it's a beer festival right and the next next month it's a taco festival yeah we have we we just headlined a tattoo festival a oh. three-day tattoo festival and not one member of our band has a tattoo or a piercing of any kind mm. and uh, so life is good yeah in fact I think I remember you telling me about that and I noticed that you. You do a fair amount of festivals, and I'm wondering. So nostalgia is weird uh, because it never nostalgia never dies. It just kind of re. It, it's a it's a every other decade kind of rebirth. So now I think that you're in the uh, uh, punk is now punk is now what 19, 1950s music was to me in the 70s. So in the 1970s, I was a teenager, and there was American Graffiti, and there was the TV yeah. show Happy Days. And I know who Bill Haley and the Comets was. I love Chuck Berry. I feel like – and then, okay, you have you have 80s nostalgia. But in you, right. you're in this – you're kind of like in an 80s, 90s nostalgia. Punk rock is now the, is now the 1950s to this generation. No? Yeah, I, no, I don't think so at all. Because don't disagree with me, Joe. I do, I totally disagree, <laughs> and it's. I think you're you're on the right track, but you have to go one step further. Okay. And realize that in the nineteen, the difference between nineteen fifties and the nineteen seventies, um, when we we grew up and had this nostalgia for the nineteen fifties, was like you know basically like the summer of sixty nine mm-hmm. when things change. Yes. So you really you really are nostalgic for. For an era that is that is bygone and ended, uh, according to my theory, uh, at 11 a.m. on Woodstock on the stage at Woodstock when Sean Anna played, <laughs> and then uh, that was the end. And the new era began right after them when Jimi Hendrix played. Yes, but that th- those are two distinct sure. eras. And then punk rock is is there's so much of a lifestyle and like a political movement kind. Of, you know, there's a DIY, right? All this stuff. It, so it kind of it, 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 like if you go to an and I'm not saying this, this is that I'm not a has been. Okay, I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not saying I'm not milking. Uh, you know something a peak era of of our career. Right. But the people are still part of. They feel that they're there. They're still yes. part of a. Okay. Of a of a movement. You okay and now? So they're I relevant. See, they're now, they're they're being there relevant to to something. That they're they're different than other people. All right, I see your point now that this is not nostalgic because for nostalgia to be nostalgia, you have to leave and come back. What you're saying is right. no one ever leaves punk. Once a punk, yeah. always a punk. Which is why when I go seeing a punk band, I'm looking up on stage. Who did I see? Was it Corrosion of Conformity? I went last punk band I saw was Misfits. Wow. They still dressed the part. I think it was was it yeah. was it maybe it was suicidal tendencies, but they all look like dads, possibly granddads in board shorts. They have dad bods. They're like in decent yeah. shape, but they you know they got bellies. They're not like the adolescents or you know they're like they're you know they they look like they've been working out. And they um but they're like 
they're dude. You know, you could they they look like guys on the weekend who decided to form a band with other guys in the neighborhood, and they do like co- they do covers of uh, suicidal tendencies, but it's actually suicidal tendencies that's doing it. And so you're right, you're right. I want to ask you. You mentioned something that is endemic or part of the punk movement, and I'm saying this as I I am a punk. I mean, I was a I was yeah, you were there. That's how I, was, I know you. I was 16 when the uh, – wait, I was 15, 14 or 15 when I got the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks album. I think I was – okay, 1964, 78. I was 14, and you know, I fell hard for The Clash. I was – I had every single thing they ever put out. I had the spiked hair. I had weird politics. Um, you name it, I was there. I'd seen every band. You name it, I'd seen the jam. I'd seen the clash. I'd seen the Sex Pistols. I'd seen uh, weirder bands, like weirder, smaller, like a gang of four. I don't know how many times. I am an absolute cramps fanatic. I'm going off a tangent. I want to get back to the political. You said politics. I think it's interesting, and maybe I'm wrong, that a lot of the people that were punks are not liberals anymore. Am I wrong? Uh, well, there's, it's, I think it's like any, any world, there's the, the real diehard leftists. Yeah. There's, there's the, the woke people, I guess you call them. Yeah. Fat Mike. And then there, there's like fat, yeah, there's fat, fat Mike, who's, who's a whole, uh, from the singer of No Effects and the owner of, of Fat Records, who's a, an entity, you know, unto himself and a law unto himself. Yeah. Um, who's now a transvestite. Oh. Uh, political activist. Oh, I didn't know that. Beer, I didn't know craft that. Craft beer entrepreneur, um, and you know, a, 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 I consider him a friend. Yeah. Um, I, I have, uh, I have, of, of the, I hear such. Well, I won't even get into it. But you look like Johnny Rotten. I think I don't consider him a conservative, but he, who is essentially the icon of punk, if you, uh, uh, unless you count yeah. Iggy Pop, but when you hear him talk, you don't hear. No. He's not woke. He's the opposite. No. no, he 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 got into this business to disrupt, mm-hmm. and he's still and and he's he's true to it, mm-hmm. and he's he it's wonderful uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah. Although when you when No Effects plays and they preach a lot of politics, yeah, their their fans their songs are so good that their fans that don't agree with the politics uh, forgive them. Right. They, there's there are sometimes shouting matches, and if you're in the pit, mm-hmm. I imagine you would hear people going, "Shut up and play." Yes. Shut up and play, and all, all that kind of. Did stuff. Did you know that I had a number one song called "Shut Up About Politics"? Did you know that, Joe? Does it drive you crazy that me, uh, just some dude uh, uh, on a I'm show, so dialed in? I knew moments after you texted me and told me. <laughs> number one on iTunes. Um, number one. By the way, we had this conversation a long time ago about bad religion. Who you, uh, you and my buddy Joe DeRosa, are absolute bad religion fans, and you you maintain he's the best singer and you love his music. I can't get past the messaging. So I went and bought like I think it was after you told me to, or maybe it was DeRosa mm-hmm. said you got to go buy Bad Religion. I just couldn't get. Pa- I think he is a good singer. I can't get past the words. It's like I don't oh. need to be preached at. Yeah, for some reason, to me, it sounds like um, he's preaching. He might as well be preaching in Latin. I'm just yes, kind of that's just... In, in, I'm I'm enjoying the moment and the music, and I'm right. not, and it doesn't okay. it doesn't get to me. Yeah, see that? Okay, the same. Like I would say, Gang of Four. 
which I guess they were Marxists. I'm not sure. The first album, second album, uh, Entertainment, Solid Gold, Songs of the Free. I don't even care what they were singing about. I just love those albums. They just did a new – I think they just released a new song. I'm not sure that had something to do with Trump. And it was so didactic. And it was just like – it was like, oh, geez. First of all, I just want to say how bold to take on (laughs) – the topic of Donald Trump yes. in, in today's era as an artist, yes. risking everything yes. you know, to, to, for the truth there. I, I, I got to admire a gang of four. And that's, um, <laughs> I and that's another that. reason why like, maybe like, the Vandals don't put out new records is, I mean, who really wants to hear what we have to say at this time? We had our moment. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's have fun with it. You guys, and, never, you guys didn't swear in any of your songs. No, well, we we did. I don't swear because mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, horrified by like a nun will come out of the the, the side of the stage and hit me with a ruler. You are a so uh, by don't. the way, you are a practicing, you're a practicing serious Catholic. True. Yeah. True. Let's not forget <laughs> that I am also a degenerate. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, Jesus and, would have and, loved you. Yes, and I, I'd be the guy that, that would be at his table that the, the Pharisees would, would complain about. Why does, why does this man have dinner with Joe Escalante? Yes. And, and, you know, <laughs> but I go, I love, I love the, the church, I love going to Mass, and I love studying the, the religion and the history and especially the lives of the saints. So that's like kind of my passion, mm-hmm. and it goes – it also helps every other – aspect of my life it provides answers all these kinds of things so but i'm not i don't like people to think since i'm like going to church so much that people think well that guy must be really holy and don't swear around him um that's how i am around you i just i I change my behavior so much when i'm around you joe it's it's... but my 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 revulsion by um uh swear words comes mostly from uh being on live radio for two and a half years and, you know, being afraid of FCC fines. Ah. So now to, to this day, when I hear uh, the F word, I don't know if I'm cringing because the baby Jesus might hear it or mm-hmm. because I think it might have cost me a nickel. You ah. know, when somebody <laughs> used to take. All right. So I um, I have three pages of questions for you, and I probably asked these right. when we're not being recorded. So I'm going to work through these. And I want to – some of them are advice for people in music. You may not be aware of this, but I, I, I started back uh, learning guitar. I bought two acoustic guitars. I got my electric Fender uh, Stratocaster um, restrung and set up. I'm, pl- I'm playing every day for an hour. We'll get into that later because I want you to think and marinate on advice for me. And, and by the way – Number one hit, you know. Yeah, I already have a hit, so I'm kind of working backwards. I've yeah. already got the hit, and now I'm going to learn how to play. Um, by the way, you know what I'm doing? You know what I, I – this is, I think, a really good idea for somebody. I started guitar, and I'm learning every single song on the first Cramps album, uh, uh, Songs, of the, Songs of the Lord Taught Us, because they're um, basic rockabilly. They're basic rockabilly. Yeah. No, that's, that's smart. With great lyrics, but it's like it's yeah. kind of like – Really slow, and, and a lot of the guitar leads, I think, if I'm not mistaken, are basically bass. Because remember, they didn't have a bass player. Right. I was going to make my joke that I've memorized all those songs on bass, <laughs> and I can play along with you sometime. But they yes. didn't have a bass player. They did. But I think that's really smart because that's real rock and roll, and it can hold your interest rather than you know trying to uh, play along with every 
Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song, and you might fall asleep. Yeah, you know, um, uh, there are songs that sing now. What's different for me than it was when you were a teenager and had the guts to do this as a kid. I'm an adult. I go on YouTube, and there are people that will show you how to play every single song uh, yeah. imaginable. And like, there'll be like, and all of a sudden, you realize, my God, every single yeah. song imaginable is four chords. There's no other. Yeah. There's like it's every song is the every song that you thought was somehow magical. You yeah. can actually do in an evening. That yeah. freaks yeah, and, me out. YouTube, I can actually if I forget a Vandal song, I can go and sometimes the shortcut is just to go watch some kid play it on YouTube. No. That with my, uh, yeah, I've only done that once, but I do it <laughs> all the time when there's a new Morrissey Smith song to learn because I, I play with a Morrissey Smith now you play, uh, cover band. Yes, now you, you're, in a, you're in a fairly big Morrissey Smith's cover band, and you, your, ba- your bass, the guitar work in the Smith's is something I wouldn't even try. Because that yeah, would, it takes a genius. It takes a genius. I mean, I, I tried. Like I sat there and I was. I, no. I watched somebody trying to teach how soon is now, and I just turned it yeah. off. It was don't too sad. It. Don't even don't even try that. Quite oh, the bass it, parts. Are, the bass parts are very difficult. Not as much as the the guitar parts, but uh, it, it's a contrast to being in the Vandals and playing the same, you know, thirty songs for thirty years. Yeah, it, it's yeah, that turned me into a musician hmm. uh, more than more than being in this uh, punk band. But uh, yeah, YouTube YouTube is is where I go to learn the new all the new stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a series. Who do you consider? I'm gonna ask you just stuff about other artists, and then I'm gonna ask you about advice for artists, people in the music industry. Uh, I could talk to you for oh, two yeah. days. What do you consider an underrated band? Like that doesn't get enough cr- credit, and you can't save the Vandals. Okay. Um, well, I'm n- I'm not that. Uh, I forgot to tell you that I hate music. This, but, you're um, just, by the way, you're just like King Buzzo. If you ask <laughs> King Buzzo from the Melvins anything about music, yeah. he goes, ah, I don't listen to music. There's a really tall yeah. guy outside my studio. It's insane. He's at least seven <laughs> feet tall. I don't know where he's got to be an athlete. Um, and I know we're doing a podcast, but I just want you to imagine that I'm looking at the tallest man alive. So King Buzzo, King Buzzo, like I'll say, hey, uh, what do you think of this? And I'll send him stuff. And he'll just be like, eh, eh, eh. And then he'll send me um, – there was a, a band of like I think siblings, two young Swedish girls or boy, that toured with the Melvins that were really great. But anyway, so you – I'm trying to give you time to think of a band that you yeah, like. I, I, you mean underrated is a, is a hard um, – Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, there is a band. Yes. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a deep one out, and then people could go Google them and find them on YouTube. Uh, there was a band in England in 1981 – 80 called Girls at Our Best. <laughs> I remember them. Okay. That's a uh, great call. Didn't didn't amount to much, but I listened to their two albums over yeah. and over and over. And I actually got to see them when I went over there um, as, as a high school kid. Wow. Do you know who um, – I, I am so happy that I um, – when I was doing this podcast, I had my one of the what I consider one of the most underrated bands of all time. Also from the mid '80s is the Screaming Blue Messiahs, and I ended up right. being able to interview Bill Carter, who was the lead yeah. singer. I don't know if you ever saw them or played with no. them. No, insane. But I, I actually did a whole when I when I heard your thing or your interview. Uh, I. I went and looked him up and say, "How did I miss this?" Yeah, so, you know, just you're like, providing a service. Insane. The guy uh, uh, also he played guitar without a pick. And he played it. I think he, he his his inspiration was the guy from Doctor Feelgood, who was also a crazy ass guitarist. And 
was just and, and the riffs and the and the way he the way he sang. Anyway, now who do you consider? You know, I ask for underrated. I must ask for overrated. Who do you go? In, it could be in your arena, your era, mm-hmm. or any era when you go. Jesus, how did the? And don't I, I won't be upset if you say Red Hot Chili Peppers because that's what I would say. Can you? Can I? Can I? Can I just say the uh, the television program Stranger Things? Yes, can that be my answer. Absolutely, I I am one hundred percent on top of that. I, Stranger Things is the worst kind of nostalgia because it has no thought. It's right. like, oh, let's just put on the T-shirt. I went, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wear a Misfits T-shirt to the beach. Uh, have you ever listened to the Misfits? No, but uh, you know the Misfits. I got it at Hot Topic, and um, you know it's a great. The, the skull is great. And it represents mm-hmm. an era, but I know nothing about that. I couldn't name a Misfits song. That is Stranger Things. And Stranger Things, the first series, really ruined Should I Stay or Should I Go, a great class song, <laughs> because they kept playing that damn song, and they thought they were so clever when they were doing it. They were, and I'm going like, I am a, I, I, I got drunk with Mick Jones. You know, he did Red yeah. Eye. I, I know right. that. How dare you just yes. soil that, that hook? A gr- By the way. Four, I think three chords, uh, G yeah, G A D or G A D. I can't remember. I don't know. Who cares? Sorry. Mick Jones is no friend of yours. <laughs> no. I knew Mick Jones. Yes, and I'm not talking about the foreigner Mick Jones. I'm talking no. about the class oh, we Mick Jones. By the way, they're the great. Same guy. Uh, yeah, he's with Tony James. He does a band called Carbon Silicon. Um, I don't know what happened because they were. I thought they were great. Anyway, okay, so we're done. Now you're getting weird. You're getting weird. Okay, Stranger weird. Things. I can agree. No, for uh, overrated bands, like in general, or the punk rock world, or the in general, uh, or punk rock world, uh, uh, Green Day. General, uh, no, uh, Green Day to me just totally paid their dues and wrote mm. great songs. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, do you ever work with the Violent Femmes? No, because that's like you know credible indie <laughs> rock. I love you know. I learned how to. I just did. I learned Blister in the Sun. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it, Nate. Okay, my wh- cat can play that song, by the way. <laughs> da, 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 da. Or, um, okay, you must have played with the B52s. Um, no, again, ah! commercial. Um, okay, commercial. How about, I will say most underrated guitarist, Ricky Wilson. Uh, Ricky Wilson, Guitar- the, was- guitarist for the B52s, who passed oh, away. Oh, he's the guy that did all that lo- rock lobster stuff. Yeah, rock lobster. Oh yeah, uh, Private did. Idaho. He only had four strings on his guitar, yeah, and he, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he died of AIDS. I think in, it might have been the late '80s. I think they did two, two. They did the first two albums, and they did a, a, an EP called Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia. And I don't think he was on anything else. And you notice it, and it, the, yeah. the way he played. And also, yeah, if you ever sure. listen to the stuff that he does with those strings, I think he was – he's kind of in the same era, same world as Johnny Marr, but in a different world. But in the same talent talent but sphere. Those, but this, 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 this is an era – and I'll, 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 we'll do some punk rock history since yeah. um, I'm old and I'm here. Um, that punk rock, like the B-52s, that was a um, – those were like art students. Yes, from so you Athens. Have a wave of the the first people that figured out punk rock in in, yeah. in Hollywood. Yes, anyway, and I guess in Atlanta or where they were in Athens, where Pylon, remember Athens, Pylon yeah. and REM, of course. Yeah. So these are these are the art school era, and you get some of the best music in the world, the most innovative stuff, like Devo. Yes. And my favorite punk band of all time, 
The Weirdos. Ah, and, The Weirdos. Um, where were they from? Were they from Seattle? No, Oregon or Seattle? They're, nope. from, they're from L.A. L.A., okay. And they were part of the L.A. art scene. Yeah. So this this goes back to another interesting thing about the history. Of I got confused with the Wipers. Oh, no. The Weirders and the Wipers is far different. Go ahead. Two, two different things. <laughs> yes. The, 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 that, that wave of punk rock – you know they they you know took all the pictures, played at the mask in Hollywood, and created this scene. And then uh, in like 1977, and then we, you know, in the suburbs in Huntington Beach and Seal Beach, we heard about it through skateboarders and surfers, and and we um, went up there. It's only 30 minutes away, and we would go to Hollywood and 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 go to all these concerts. And then those people went on to something else. Yeah. Because they're always going to be into whatever the latest thing is. But the Huntington Beach, Orange County punk scene really took it seriously and said, whoa, 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 wait a second, guys. I thought this was for life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that drives the punk rock business today is, is the legacy from that kind of yeah. you know, suburban punk and not the art punk, even though the art punk was, uh, was, was great. Um, some, guy, and, um, and, some guy on Facebook – uh, reached out to me from the band Agent Orange, and I had the I had their mm-hmm. first EP with Everything's Gone Gray. Do you remember that? Yeah, they 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 were they were so early. Mm-hmm. They were like right there with the art punks, but I you know they're suburban punks. They're yeah. from Orange County. Yeah, but they were right there, and they were writing really good songs like them and the Adolescents were sharing right. members. Yes, and writing writing great music uh, right along the time the art guys were, and then the Vandals kind of came up a little bit after that and said, oh. If the adolescents and Agent Orange and TSOL can do it, so can we. Right, right, and you did. You had a yeah. hu- your first like single was really huge. What was the name of it? We had two, and this is what will ruin a, a person's career in a lot of art, <laughs> yeah, artistic things. Is you will have some easy success early. We had a number one hit on the on the the commercial station in L.A. and then like Live 105 um, uh, later on this song called Urban Struggle or I Want to Be a Cowboy. Yes. Then, and that's on Epitaph Records. Right. So the very first band that Bad Religion signed to F- Epitaph Records. Right. Then our second record, um, people um, uh, thought, well, how can you do that again? That was a novelty hit. And I wrote another song called, I didn't write the first song, but on the second album, I wrote a song called Lady Killer. Yes, that's that the be- one. That became even bigger. You know why Lady Killer and- was so big? Because of the guitar, right? It was, yeah, it was guitar and it had scratching, turntable scratching. Yes. Uh, you know, phony. We didn't know how to do it. We were scratching <laughs> sideways, um, but it was a hit. And then we thought, well, I, I, and then I thought, you know, I can make hits yeah. on every record. And then let's uh, pursue this as a career. And then it took, you know, after uh, three or four years, then you realize, okay, um, that was that's really not going to happen. <laughs> but when you band. when you were in the early days of the Vandals, did you have another job? You were a college graduate. I, I, I was going to U- UCLA. Yeah, and then. Um, I uh, goofed around because the band um, looked like it's maybe it goes somewhere, and you know, you, you just I didn't want to. I, I, when I was a kid, I thought I would always go to law school. Then I go, why would I go to law school? Then I end up going to law school and getting this amazing job at CBS. And then Green Day and The Offspring hit, and the phone literally starts ringing off the hook. And my secretary, in the days when they called them secretaries, was like, "There's people on keep calling you all day that want the Vandals to do this." Or that. Then we got signed with an agency, and we got offered a record deal with a salary. Yeah. And so I left television to. I uh, thought I could just come back. The lady next door to me has the same <laughs> office that I do, and she's been here since Leave It to Beaver days. Uh, 
So her name was Ann Nelson. She made that gun smoke deals. No she way. She makes 10% more than me. She smokes in her office. Uh, I can leave and come back here. So I left. Basically, I left TV for 20 years and came back. No wow. harm done. Wow. So you're more of a TV guy. You do some interesting yeah. TV work, too. Love- I mean, I mean, Ancient Aliens, come on. And then True Nightmares. Yeah. True Nightmares is you basically kind of – do you reenact like – Urban legends, kind of things like well, that. Yeah, yeah, kind of a murders, bizarre murders, and that was uh, it. Only lasted two seasons, but it was it was amazing. It was my fa- my first like big break, and then um, well maybe a little break, but uh, we were doing it was like Twilight Zone. Yeah, uh, with the added uh, obligatory discovery ID type professor that comes in and or oh, or, yeah. a, or a cop that that guides you through it. But they were scripted, mm-hmm. and then from there I got a job on Ancient Aliens, and then once you're working on Ancient Aliens, you get a lot of uh, weird stuff, of so course, and stuff like that. And, you, and, and, I, kind of, you you know. and pub- I wrote the I wrote the uh, reboot. Mm-hmm. The reboot for Hogan's Heroes is floating around right now. No, why would you reboot Hogan's Heroes? Well, why wouldn't you if you could do it in Guantanamo Bay? Uh, ooh, so, in, uh, there you go. Because my, you know, my dad, my dad uh, wouldn't allow me to watch Hogan's Heroes because he was he wouldn't. No, he was you know, he's Jew, German Jewish. This is not funny. He's like too soon. Too yeah, soon. it's too soon. That's exactly what it was. And it, and like he said, he just didn't think it was. You couldn't make jokes about that. You know, he lost a lot of his relatives in, I guess, in concentration right. camps, and he didn't yeah, talk yeah. about it. But he would see Hogan's Heroes. Um, but I, you know, was interesting thing about Hogan's Heroes is. I just thought Bob Crane was the coolest guy, and then all as I as I, I remember he had his own show. The, I think it was called the Bob Crane Show, and then you find out the dude was a sick mofo. He was, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. This, this guy was like before people taped stuff, he yeah. taped stuff. But I get, yeah. I'm going off into someplace else. Oh, what's your who's your favorite live band? Live band. Well, I, I I think it was the Cramps. With yeah. The cramps around and the Dead Kennedys. Mm. The Cramps and the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, I would say it was them. Do you ever uh, meet Lux? Do you know that I had dinner at Lux's house before they uh, in like two thousand and? Was he home? Yes. <laughs> I was very. I, I I told you the story. I was in. It was by the in Glendale, and I was working for Stuff Magazine, and I drove up there, and I brought a gift. It's this little lamp. And I gave it to Poison Ivy in Lux Interior, and we sat there. And it was supposed to be a, it was an article for the Stuff Magazine called Dinner with Blank, and t- the first one was yeah. going to be Dinner with the Cramps. I got fired the following week for this uh, uh, prank I did involving little people, and so I never oh, I it was able that. to run the article. But I had like this, I had recorded this one and a half hour. Uh, Hanging out, and then we got drunk, and they asked me if I wanted to get high. But I, you know, I, I, I was too scared of pot. I was more You're of a square. What? You're too square. You know, I was. I, I had other drugs in me at the time, but um, they were fan, they were such an amazing couple, and I cannot believe to this day no one has made that movie. I tried to get in touch with Poison Ivy to do uh, this podcast, and she has completely dropped out. She's nowhere to be found, and um, and they are. I think the story of them. Is is like the one of the best musical stories there could. That should be a Broadway musical. I don't know. Did, you, were, did uh, you ever meet him? That should have been the musical that, that the Green Day did. Yes, instead of American Idiot. Did you ever meet uh, uh, Lux or Poison? No, they were um, uh, you know before my time. So you know, I would go to the shows. I think that's the first male genitalia I ever saw. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you the only male genitalia. I I, I, yes, um, I saw him at the Old Waldorf, and his speedo comes off. 
Yeah. Like, uh, I can't remember when it was. And he also did drugs given to him from people on stage. I mean, of, like, I'm on the front row, and it's, a, it's about uh, 300 people. And people are handing him uh, – he also had a thing around his neck that I think had coke in it. And he would just shove it up his nose. And then he'd take drugs from people in the audience. And he wouldn't even – he wouldn't even, you know – I mean, he, he lived the rock star dream. And he died he it. sacrificed his life for art. Yeah. He's uh, only in his 50s, you know. right? Or maybe we sit in the sixties. I'm not sure. But they were. I, I I think I put them. That I think I put that as my favorite live band. If I could see another band again, although U2 in their first, in 1980, U2 when they were really young was amazing. Uh, how about what great band sucks live? Like you go and you go, oh god, they can't play this. <laughs> the uh, the Cure. Oh yes, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're not good live. Prince. You can't say Prince. Too soon. There's, I got two. Here's, I, 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 those are the only two concerts I remember walking out, like when I had really good seats. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just walking out after like two or three songs. Like, oh, I can't take it. Wow. That's well, amazing. I, I don't think anybody and the, has. And the pretension of, of Prince, just the pretentiousness. Wow. Like, you... I, I, to me, you know, you, there has to be humility mm-hmm. for, for, me to be, to, for me to buy into anything. There has to be humility. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't buy into to, to rap music or gangster music. Um, uh, uh, I, I was interested in it when it was brand new. Yeah, and I think there was some humility in the early days, like the, like the, old, the Beastie Boys and, the, and Run yeah. DMC uh, right. might express a little. But then when it became about you know Mercedes and uh, uh, how much Gucci I can buy, it changed. I don't like it. Yeah, and it changed. Prince was that way. See, I didn't I see. Like I, didn't, I didn't see that that much. Can I ask you what song do you wish you had written? Uh, Butterfly kisses. No, and, <laughs> shut up. Um, who wrote that song? Yeah. What song is and that? Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's an easy one. Breakfast See? at Tiffany's? Who wrote yeah. that? Who did oh. that song? Who did that? Uh, Deep Blue Something or something like that. God, I can't. I, uh, I, I, I mean, it's not because the name, the, the name of the band actually has something in it. I'm not just saying uh, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I, was, uh, I, I thought you were going to pick a Smith song. No, I wish none of those songs would be written, and then the sets would be shorter when I play in this tribute band. <laughs> I think the great, probably the greatest song ever written is How Soon Is Now. I would put that as one of the greatest songs ever written. Well, right? the greatest song ever written mm-hmm. is actually that one from the Mexican band uh, Echicero Sonidito that goes. <laughs> Think about it. All right, I'm I'm not I'm trying to figure out if you are just pranking me. No, go look it up. Echicero Sonidito. It's, it's I can't even re- I can't even spell that. How am I going to look it up? It's with an H, like Echo, like Echo in Mexico. Uh huh. Echizero. Yes. Sonidito. Sonidito is like a little sound. Okay, and is it is that all it is, or is it an actual? Yeah, that's song? all you got. That, that, no, well, pretty much, yes. Yeah. Um, all the other stuff. It's stripped down to uh, the bare essentials. All right, I'm going to look that up because I bet you're I'm right. Not lying to you. I'm not. I don't think. What? In fact, um, it's a theme. I use it as a theme, uh, the ending theme of my radio show, mm-hmm. for like the past six years. Oh, okay. Then I'll find that. That's easy. Well, who's the biggest jackass in music? That you've met and had to deal with. Uh, the biggest jackass. Usually, it's um, usually it's the 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 road crew for your idols always have an effect on you. Mm. I don't have any specific memories of of an actual artist um, being rude or mean or or a jerk. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one quick story after I tell you this. Yes, this is advice for kids. Right. Don't don't get in a big hurry to play. For your idols, yeah, because it will disappoint you. 
we've had like the 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 crew for the damned mm. uh, or their management made us sell our t-shirts for like you know 30 40 dollars when we were selling t-shirts for eight dollars uh-huh. and then we got very very hurt and cried um how could they do this the damn didn't know anything about that of course then we played with the, the ramones and the ramones crew these new yorkers uh you know you know how they are yeah they um won't let us use their monitor system uh. um because we we might sound and the sound we might sound good you know whatever and i'm sure the ramones had no idea and they're making us cry then the Buzzcocks kicked us off a tour um, because the our back our back um, because we wouldn't um, pay some extortion thing and, and raise the price of our shirts. We love the both. All those those are like three of my favorite bands of all time. So it, they've all disappointed us. It sours. Um, it kind of you know. And the thing is, it's like that old like uh, uh, the old saying is you don't want to meet your heroes because I, it'll I ruin. I don't. It, it'll ruin everything. I've had I won't even get into specific stories where that has happened with me and there is kind of a certain freedom of not having yeah. to like somebody anymore but it does like it's like yeah. if I listen to music and I go oh that guy's such a jerk but it's only it's it's very rare I I, I mean like I got you know getting to know Bill Carter from the Red Hot Chili Pepper I mean Red Hot Chili Pepper <laughs> Blue, screaming Blue Messiahs was like great because it turns out the guy's a great guy and I love the music and the cramps, same thing. And you know, but anyway, I know I've kept you on a long time. Do you have any tips for me learning guitar? Is there anything I should be doing? Uh, yeah, get a lot of distortion. It's very, very forgiving. Yes, but I think that's and, cheating. But, I, but you know, oh, oh, smoke pot and <laughs> uh, sit on your bed, sit on your bed all day and don't go. Don't go to work. The, you, know, you know how one of the greatest guitarists of our times, Steve Jones, yes. read his biography, mm-hmm. the best the best rock biography I've ever written. Right. I mean, I've ever read. <laughs> and uh, written? Were you his ghostwriter? That was a go- Oh, I, did that come out? Oh, no. <laughs> did but anyways. You, did uh, you help called, write it? Well, did you help write Steve Jones' book? No. No. But although he is a friend of mine now, and I could have told you the mother of all blow-off story, where, 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 and I will, quickly. I think Mark McGrath, oh. legend Mark McGrath, yes. teaches, uh, uh, no, introduces the Vandals at a at a party, mm-hmm. some big fancy party in Beverly Hills. It, 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 so proud to introduce the Vandals who he loves to his good friend Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols because they're like <laughs> Hollywood bros. Right. He goes, Steve Jones, this is the Vandals, a great punk background from Orange County. Mm-hmm. He looks at us for about a half a second, turns around and walks away. Oh. Uh, which is the proper. It's just exactly what he should have done. And then later when we worked on the same radio station for years, we became friends and uh, uh, one of the greatest guys. But the greatest guitarist, like many great guitarists, he, he learned by dropping out of society to somewhat, some extent, taking drugs and, uh, and just sitting on the bed all day and learning to play guitar. So you're not going to be able to do that. No. So I would, I would take I – I would quit, set your, should your, I quit the your five? goals really low. Should I quit the five and the GG show, just leave Fox? Or, Is that what you're telling or me? The, or quit the guitar. Quit. One, the <laughs> One of them has got to go. I'm not quitting the guitar because you know what? I do it when I get home. It cuts down on my drinking, and it's, it, it's kind of fun to learn a new song every day to do something new. Oh, great. You know? I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, uh, don't be jealous. I'm gonna be like Regis Philbin and and, and learn the piano when I retire. <laughs> no, you know what you should do. Like everybody, everybody does. Learn to paint. Like every, oh, I've been painting. Everybody paints. George Bush paints. Howard Stern paints. You know, it's like uh, like some. It's it's like some shrink tells everybody to paint. It's yeah. it's, it's like and because it, you know there's no standards. 
You could just yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. And then but, the, but someone's got to buy those paintings or or or, uh, yeah. or hide them in their house or put them up when they, when they come over to visit. It's, yeah. But a George Bush poodle, I would love to have. I know. Well, actually, he's not bad. I don't. I think he. I think he. He like traces things, but I don't know that for a fact, and I don't want to get killed by Dana. Well, so, Joe, well, when are you going to? When well, am I going to? Dana s- could be tracing this call. Too, yeah, that's so I, I that's be- true. When am I going to see you again? Are you ever coming out here? I'll probably be out in L.A. at some point. I want to. I know you come here more often than I come there, and I appreciate it. I want to go to the lake house. Yes. I want to go. I want to. Um, I, we're overdue for a, a New York trip, so we're. we're uh, well, you have forward. a place. If you do, you have a place to stay, as you know, Elena. Oh, okay. you're one of my, you're one of the few friends. You're one of the few married couples that my wife approves of, and I don't know why because she's she, she's Russian and she's very tough. But she loves she loves the Escalantes. How's Joe? How's Sandra? He always she always says. Now people love us. I have to say. Well, if you, you know what? If you can keep a marriage together, happy for twenty three years, and I know you have a long marriage, people start to like you. They start <laughs> to go, you're okay. You're okay. But if you bring if you bring around a different bimbo every every year or two, people don't like you. That's you know? <laughs> another another one another one of uh, life's problems. Answered by, by the Catholic Church. By the Catholic Catholic Church, way ahead of the game. Joe, always a pleasure talking to you, and I uh, hope to see you soon. All right, see you soon.